You know, it's crazy when you uh, when you get the, the, the blessing or the opportunity to be able to do something like this, everybody always asks, you know, are you, are you ready and are you, are you comfortable? And the only thing I can say is no, no not at all. Uh, but I will say before I get started, the fact that God allows me to do these things, the fact that God allows me to sing, the fact that he allows me to stand on the stage and talk about his word and, and what he does in my life and what he can do for you. Just the fact that God lets me do these things, wow. I mean, that's all I can say is, is wow. But let me ask you tonight, even with the great things that God can do for you in your life, even with the times that God has touched you and just made your heart explode with joy and and love, and, and compassion, and honor, and everything God's ever done for you, have you ever had a time when your life feels like it means nothing, right? Have you ever felt like you don't have a purpose, you know? Have, have, have you ever been in a spot where you thought, what's the point? You know, no, nobody, nobody cares. Is anybody, is it just me, or has anybody else ever been in a, in a spot like that tonight? Has anybody ever had that kind of situation, whether you had issues growing up as a child or maybe you sunk everything into a relation that just didn't, didn't turn out a relationship or, or a marriage and it just still failed, or maybe you've been over backwards to help somebody and it's, it's turned around and, and just bit you in the butt. Has anybody ever had a moment in life where it's just like, why? You know, what's, what's the point? There... Are, 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 are a lot of reasons in this world for people to, to get to a point of depression, right? It's funny how God ties things together. The song that I sang this morning, the funny part about that is, is I've been trying to sing that song for about three weeks now, right? I, I, you know, I brought it to Brother Tim's attention and we had sang it, you know, and he had listened, and, it, you know, everything was working out good. God was in it, and, and we loved it, and it's like, we're going to sing it this Sunday, and that Sunday rolled around, and it's like, hey, you know what, Brother Tim, I'm not ready. I don't, I don't feel like I'm ready. It's like, all right, we'll do it next week. Well, then the next Sunday rolled around, and it was the weekend that the kids got back from a merge, so, you know, everybody wants to hear about what happened at a merge, and it's like, all right, it's, you know, it's not time to sing it yet. It's not time to sing it yet. Well, then the third Sunday rolled around, you know what, all right, we're going to do it this Sunday, and the song ties in with the choir music, and the choir music ties in with the song, and the song ties in with the message, and it's just like you can see God working through these things. And, and when, when Pastor Donald started preaching this morning, he started talking about stress, it blew my mind because tonight I'm talking about depression. And it's like everything ties together, and you can see how God works, and it's just amazing. But anyway, as I was saying, there's a lot of reasoning in this world for people to have depression. There's a lot of things that happen in this world that make people depressed. People get into this dark state in life where they feel like there's no point of return. Um, if you're like me, I, I don't know. I, I've battled depression. I'm sure there's plenty of people in here that's, that's battled depression. You get in this dark state. You get in this dark feeling. You you get to the, the, the point in life where you just feel like nobody loves you. And unfortunately, 
You get to the point in life where you feel like you're irrelevant. And the sad thing that happens is that some people get to the point where they feel like there's no reason for living. Church, I don't know if y'all know this tonight, but the AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, I couldn't find anything for 2018. But I just got to looking. I got curious because of what God was showing me on depression. But in 2017, 47,173 people died from committing suicide. Also, in 2017, there was an estimated 1,400,000 attempts for suicide. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States of America. And it's heartbreaking that people can get to that point in their life. But I do have great news. The scripture that God gave me, it's funny how God works, because I've known that I was going to be able to preach tonight for about a month, and I got to studying, and I, I had this long, drawn-out, like, 10 and a half, 13, 14-page message that God had given me, and he was like, you know what, you're going to preach that another time. This is what you're going to preach tonight. God gave me a message. God gave me a message that spoke to me. God showed me something in the Bible that, that, that tore me apart. And what's crazy is it's, it's, it's a verse that we have heard our entire life. It's a verse that, if you do your research on it, it's actually considered probably one of the most popular and most used verses in the world that comes from the Bible. But tonight I want to read John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Wow. Isn't it amazing how we serve a God that is that mighty? Isn't it amazing how we serve a God that is that loving? Isn't it amazing how we serve a God that no matter what we've done in our life, he continues to love us? No matter what we've done to him, no matter how many times we've stabbed him in his back, no matter how many times we have cursed his name, no matter how many times we have turned around and said, God, you know what? I'm just going to put you behind me right now. I don't need you. No matter how many times we've done that to God, he still loves us. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we treat God like a shirt? We'll wear him when we need to. We'll put him on when it's convenient for us. But as soon as it's time for us to try to do something on our own, we put him back on the coat hanger and put him in the closet. Isn't it amazing how a God that we do that to still loves us? Back to what I was saying with the, the, the suicide in America. I, I can't help but think that, that each and every one of us in here tonight's had that depressing time in our life. Each and every one of us here tonight in one way, shape, or form has been in the spot where we just don't feel love, right? We've all had that time in our life that we just 
don't feel love. But the scripture that I was reading and what I have that God has given me tonight is proof that each and every one of us in here tonight, each and every person in this city, each and every person in this county, in this state, in this nation, in this world, has reason to believe and know 100% for a fact we are loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I don't know if y'all can hear me. For God so loved us so much that he took his prized possession and allowed it to be sacrificed so that we could live with him in eternity. This is a verse I believe that each and every one of us in here knows. Like I said earlier, we've probably heard it our entire life. Anybody in here not know that verse tonight? It, it, it's, 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 it's actually, like I was saying earlier, it's actually proven to be the most quoted and, and, and popular scripture in the Bible. But tonight I ask you, do you really know the true extent of what that scripture means? Do you truly know what Jesus was talking about when he said, John 3, 16, when he was, when he was, when he was speaking and he said those words, do you, do you really know what he truly meant by it? I can't help but feel that, that each and every one of us tonight should, should shout when our ears hear that verse. I mean, we should shout at any time the Bible, anything in the Bible is read anyway. But that verse in particular, it's one that I can't tell if it's just because I'm so nervous because every one of y'all staring at me or what, but it makes my heart beat really fast. <laughs> but have you ever truly, truly thought about what John 3.16 is saying? If you'll give me a short amount of your time tonight, what I'd like to do is break this scripture down line by line. And, and, and talk about what God showed me through the reading of the scripture. My, my prayer tonight is that God will show up and, and show each and every one of us something. Something through this, this simple but yet so powerful scripture. But before we begin that part, I want to start by saying that I hope we all know that we are all sinners. Period. No matter what we do, no matter how good we try to live, no matter what we do in life, we are sinners, period. And without that precious blood of Jesus Christ, we will die and go to hell. It, it, it's inevitable. It will happen. It, it, it's, it's something that we cannot defeat unless we accept that gift that God allowed us to have through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, for all, not some, but for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. We all have a debt to pay. We all were born into the sin the Bible also continues and tells us in Romans 6.23 that that same sin has a consequence. 
For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sounds kind of familiar, though, right? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. So that shows us that God has love for us. So that, that, and, and, and God so loved the world, God loved us so much that he gave us a gift because we have all sinned and fallen short of his glory. And that gift is eternal life through Jesus. A lot of times we can get caught up in the fact, <laughs> church, I'm going to tell you, when, when I was reading this part, when, when, when God was showing me these things, I, 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 almost, I almost fell out because he was stepping on my toes. A lot of times we get caught up in the fact that we don't feel like God is blessing us, right? A lot of times we think that God isn't doing anything for us at all. A lot of times we want to get angry at God because we see other people getting blessed, but we want those blessings, right? Or am I the only one that does that? God, why ain't you doing anything for me? That's how you say it in Georgia terms. Why ain't you doing anything for me? God, I've done all these things. God, I go to church every Sunday morning and Sunday night. God, I'm, I'm in a merge every Wednesday. I'm singing when you tell me to sing. God, why aren't you blessing me? And then you look back and realize that all these things that you're doing is a blessing. Let me tell you tonight that God loves you. He's working on you. He cares about you. He feels for you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves each and every one of us. Yes, JB, he even loves you. God loves each and every one of us. God loves us so much that he gave his only son. He gave his only son, his son. How many of us have kids? Would you sacrifice your kids so somebody else could live? He gave his son for us so that we could benefit. Jesus did not die for Jesus' gain. Jesus did not die for recognition. No, God sent Jesus for a selfless reason. This had no gain for them. They did it. Completely for us. God sent Jesus to die to pay for our sins. He was was our remission. He was the sin debt paid. God loved us so much that he gave us that key. Right? He gave us that key so that we could walk to the doors of heaven and walk right in. God allowed us to have that, that portal. He allowed us to have that tunnel. He allowed us a way into a place that none of us deserve to go to. He allowed us to have a gain that none of us deserve. Not one person in here to not deserve to die and go to heaven. But God allowed us to do that. God allowed Jesus to be our remission. He, God put himself at a loss so we could have a gain. What a God. He made the ultimate sacrifice so that we could live 
eternally. Wow. There is nothing that we could ever do to make ourselves good enough to go to heaven. There is nothing that we can do to make ourselves good enough to sit in glory. The fact that we serve a God that allows us to have that key, that allows us to have that that portal, we're loved. God loves us enough and gives us that opportunity. Again, there's nothing we can do that will make us good enough to go to heaven. So God gave us a way. He, he gave us a way to walk in the glory. He, he gave us a way to go through those gates. Jesus and John is talking to a man named Nicodemus, a man who the Bible calls a man of the Pharisees. But Jesus knew who he was. Nicodemus even stated in verse 2, you know, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. So Nicodemus knew who Jesus was, but Nicodemus was, was, was scared. He, he was afraid to see Jesus in public. So he came to him at night, right? So when I, when I was reading that, it, it stopped me. Isn't it funny how when we know that the world doesn't accept Jesus, sometimes we get afraid or scared of talking about him in front of people? Anybody ever been in that spot? I mean, you can be honest. You get, you get to a, a point in life, I'm at this point in life right now where I'm at, it's not that I want to bug you and talk about Jesus. It's the fact that he's done so much for me, I want you to know how I feel, right? And people get mad. People get mad. You can talk about Jesus to somebody and you, you mention the name Jesus Christ to somebody and you'll see their true nature. Truthfully, you talk about Jesus to somebody and you'll see the real person that they are because they're going to tell you real quick to keep going or shut up. Can I, I didn't mean to say that, I'm sorry. You will learn real quick how fast you can irritate somebody when you talk about Jesus. We, we get so caught up in the fact that Jesus isn't popular, right? Jesus isn't the cool thing anymore. Jesus... Jesus isn't what everybody wants to to talk about. Jesus isn't what everybody wants to be around. Jesus is not popular. (laughs) But we won't publicly talk about him because we are afraid of what other people might say. Right? We're afraid that we won't be accepted if somebody else finds out that we love Jesus. But my Bible tells me in Luke 9, 26, For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come into his own glory and his Father and the holy angels. So I just want to say tonight that sorry, not sorry. I'm going to keep talking about Jesus. (laughs) What a God. He, 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 even though we, we don't like talking about him, even though we get scared of mentioning his name around people, even though we, we have times where it's like, eh, I don't know if I should say that around them, even though we get to that point, he still loves us. He still 
loves us. He still allows us in. He still gives us a spot at his table. He still allows us to have his love. What a God. Jesus is explaining with Nicodemus how a man can get into heaven. He talks about being born again and how that's, and, and that's how a man can gain the kingdom of heaven. But Nicodemus acts confused, right? He's like, what? I, I've already, how, how can you be born a second time? I was already born. How can I be born again? And Jesus tells him basically, look, if you were born in the flesh, you are flesh, right? But if you, if you are born into, into, into righteousness, you are righteousness. If you've got to be born again in order to gain that salvation, that, that, that saving grace of Jesus Christ. But if you are born in the Spirit, you are Spirit. Nicodemus still acts confused, and Jesus explains, basically kind of tells him, don't, don't get hooked on the fact that I'm saying born again. And then we kind of get an, an image here. Jesus goes back to the book of, uh, of Exodus and talks about Moses, right? He goes back and talks about Moses lifting the serpent up in the wilderness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Moses lifts the serpent up, and, and whoever looked upon it was healed, right? So, so should he, Jesus, be lifted up, and whoever looks upon Jesus will also be healed. Isn't it cool how the Bible gives us images of things before they come, Right? So let's look at it. First off, for God so loved the world. The word world has a, a few different meanings. You can say the word world in different kind of contexts, but here what God is talking about, it, it, it's being used in its entirety, right? It's talking about the entire world. It's, it's being used as stating a specific part of something, the world, like, 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 like say in the world of of sports or the world of gaming. It's talking about the world in its entirety in a certain spot. But God, showing us it in its entirety, he, he's showing us that he loves everybody. He, he's showing us that, that, that the scripture doesn't state, for God so loved the righteous. It didn't say that for God so loved the Christian. I'm sorry, it didn't even say for God so loved the Baptist. It said for God so loved the world. Jesus or, 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 or didn't, didn't have specifics there. He was showing God is love and God loves everybody. It wasn't white. It wasn't black. It was everyone. It states that God loved the world. He's using it in its entire state. His love never stops. It never ends. No race, no gender, no, no denomination or, or anything stops the love of God. It's the kind of love, the kind of love that he has for us is not a because of type love. It's an in spite of type love, right? Romans 5.8 tells us, but God commendeth his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, God or I'm sorry, Christ died for us. In spite of our sin, God loved us enough to pay the price for our sin for us. And again, he didn't have specifics on this. Jesus didn't climb up on that cross and hang there and say, you know what, I'm doing this for you, but you're on your own. 
No, Jesus done it for everybody. We are loved. Again, he didn't have specifics on this. He meant the entire world. We can take that first sentence of that scripture, for God so loved the world, and we can take the word world out of it. And we can put Andrew. We can put Brian. We can put Randy. You can put your name in that spot, and it's still going to mean what it meant with the word world. God did it for everybody. Whew. In spite of our sin, God loved us enough to pay that price. That doesn't mean that God, excuse me, that doesn't mean that God approves the conduct of men. It doesn't mean that just because he died for us, we're good. Pastor talks about people that get saved and get fire insurance and never want to do anything. That's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. God, God hates wickedness, right? But he still desires us to be happy, though we are sinful. It, it, it's, just like a, it's just like a parent, right? God, God, God is our father. And sometimes we need our butts tore up, right? God doesn't love wickedness. God has nothing to do with wickedness, but he still has that love. He still wants us to be happy. Just as with a parent, we may be opposed to, to why our children do something, they may be heathens in public, or in the future they may make bad choices that ruin their lives, and we may completely disagree with them about everything that they do, but we still love them. Amen? We still love them. When I get on to my son, when I, when I, when I get on to my son and Blake's the world's work, Mackenzie ain't really got, got to that point yet. It, it's, it's mainly just Blake right now. He's, he's what, what, do they, what do they call it? Testing the waters, I guess is what you call it. He, Blake's one of those people that'll walk up to you, and this kills me, Andrew, I'm sorry. But he'll walk up to you and be like, Daddy, I'm not touching you. <laughs> I'm not touching you, and I'm just like. <laughs> and he does things that irritates me. But he also does stuff. Like I said, he's testing the waters. And, and, and I hate to say it, but as Christians, we do the same thing. As Christians, we test the waters. I'm not saying it's a good thing, because it's not. But we do try to see how far God will let us go. How many times has God jerked, jerked us back, right? How many times has God said, all right, come on. Like the pastor was talking about a couple weeks ago with the fishing thing. Man, I tried so hard to come up with a message. I did. I know you gave it to Brandon, but I was like, Psh, I'm going to come up with something on that. But it didn't work. But it's just like fishing. You throw that line out, and you catch something big. I don't catch anything big. I just fish for the fun of it. But you throw that line out, and you catch something big, and you hook it. Well, your drag's got to be loose, because if it's not, it can break the reel. It can break the rod. It, I mean, it can mess up a lot of things. If Brandon would have known that, he'd have caught that fish. So you got to have the drag loose, right? So when you're reeling it in, the fish is coming, then he takes off again. Then he comes back, then he takes off again, and he's getting tired. But you're pulling him back in. That's how, that's how God, whew, I got to quit walking so much. Man. That's how, that's how God does us, right? God will pull us back in, but we keep trying to go away. We keep trying to go away, but God pulls us back. And God pulls us back. But what do we do? We turn right around and do the same thing again. But 
even through that, he still loves us. He still loves us. <laughs> we, we, again, may be opposed to the things that our children do. We may get mad at them. And, and, and you know, Lord forbid, Lord forbid Blake grow up and be, man, I hope he changes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lord forbid Blake grow up and be this horrible, horrible person. But even if he is, I will still love him. I will still love him. And that's how God looks at us. We would do anything we could to save our children, to help our children, to bring our children home. So is the same with God. God does the same thing for us. So now we know that God loves the entire world. So in that, what did he do for us? He gave his only begotten son. God showed out for us, basically. God loves us so much that he gave his most valued gift possible to provide anointment for us. God knew that this was a, a once and for all type thing. This was a, a one of a kind type situation. Right? This ain't going to happen again. Right? This is going to happen one time. I'm going to give you the, anybody ever told, their, it's funny how we can keep going back to talking about kids. Anybody ever told their kids that? I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to give you one more chance. But if you don't listen, if you don't do it this time, I'm sorry. God gave us that one more chance. God gave us that one more chance through Jesus. God knew that it was a once and for all kind of thing. He knew that this was going to be it. Nothing more, nothing less. This is going to be what makes it to where my children can come home. Jesus, go. Wow. What a God. What a God. God knew that he had to show his love in an, in an extreme type of way. He knew that it was going to have to go to extreme measures. I asked you this question earlier, but who in here tonight would give up their child to die so that everyone else could benefit? I don't see any hands. Right? But God did. God gave us his only son. Without seeing any hands, that's, that's, that's the point where I'm supposed to be like, I, I even have it written down, and I was supposed to be like, exactly. But I didn't do it. This shows us the depth of the love that God has for us. The fact that he is willing to go to the measure that he went to to make sure that we die and go to heaven shows you just how much God truly loves you. It shows you just how much God truly thinks about you. As I was saying earlier, people get to thinking about God ain't doing nothing for me. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight that if God stopped right now, he's already done enough. God has already done enough for us. Just by saving us, God has done enough. Just by taking us in, whew, just by taking us in, God has done enough. God has given us the chance. God has given us the opportunity. God has given us the reason. God has done enough. God does not have to do anything else. God does not have to give us another chance. God does not have to bless us. He's already done enough. What a God. 
the scripture continues on and says that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. All we got to do is believe. All we've got to do is believe and trust. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. <laughs> what a God. Whew. Earlier in this, I made mention to the snake that Moses had held up in the wilderness all the way back in the book of Numbers. And I know I misquoted, I said Exodus. But in chapter 21, verse 5, it says, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? I don't know if that breaks y'all's heart, but it breaks mine. God can do things for us day in and day out, but the first time something goes wrong, we want to put the blame on him. The first time... Something goes wrong. We want to turn around and say, God, what are you doing? When all along it's us. They began to question God and his plan. They began to do it in anger because they disliked the, the, the bread that God was giving them. They didn't realize, folks, I'm here to tell you tonight because I'm one of the perfect examples. God will do something for me and it won't be as big as what I think it needs to be. And I'll get mad about it. I can't lie. God, come on now. God <laughs> will bless me day in and day out. The fact that I wake up in the morning and I can roll over and see this beautiful lady. It's a blessing. The fact that I have three kids that get on my nerves sometimes. It's a blessing. But the first time something goes wrong, I want to blame God. The first time that bill comes up that I don't know how I'm going to pay, I want to blame God. The first time somebody makes me mad, I want to blame God. The first time somebody comes in and, and I feel like they waste my time on trying to buy a car and they don't buy and they leave, I want to blame God. But God blesses us daily because he loves us. And a lot of times we don't see that. We don't see the extent of God's love for us. Like I said, in the book of Numbers, they began to question God and his plan, and they began to do this in anger because they disliked the things that was going on, and they disliked the things that God was giving them. God sent serpents, and they bit them, right? And, and, and they got scared. And a lot of the Israelites died because of this. And they begged Moses to pray to God and, and to take the serpents away from them. And God told Moses to, to set one of the serpents up on a pole, and in verse 8 we see, And it come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Amen. Each and every one of us that has been bitten by sin and lives our life in sin, if we look to the cross, we can live. What a God. God what took, took what looked like a serpent, something, oof, snakes are just... Mm -mm. Something that is just, oh my goodness, uh, my skin's crawling just thinking about it. But he took something like that, something of an evil nature. Because I don't care what you say, the only good snake is a dead snake. Right? <laughs> something of an evil nature. They're evil to me. And he put it up. And, and, and God used something like that to save people. Right? What a God. And, and he took what people don't think much of. A snake. He took something that people don't, don't take much thought in and made it holy. Yeah. 
Wow. Some of them probably thought Moses was crazy, right? Some of them, some of them uh, look, look at this guy over here putting a snake up on a pole, and he's telling me that if I believe that, the, the, what? I mean, that's probably how people were looking at Moses. But in the same, God took something that looked like a man, right? He took something that people didn't think much of, a carpenter's son, a man from Galilee, that's like saying a man from Hogansville. Nobody laughed at that. <laughs> a man from Galilee. I hear you, Dale. And made him salvation. Made him king. People thought Jesus was crazy. I mean, honestly, if we were back in that time, or if they were in this time, if God waited until now to send Jesus... In our entire lives, we've been told that there's a Savior coming. Are you going to think about a carpenter's son? I mean, are you, are you going to think about a normal man? Right, God took something like that, and he made it holy. People thought Jesus was crazy. They probably talked about this crazy man. Talked about the carpenter's son. Ran their mouth behind his back. Walking around saying he's the chosen one. Right? How's this man going to say he's a chosen one? He's a carpenter's son. He's a low-class man. This man's out of his mind, right? But he was the God sent. They may not have seen it, but he was the God sent. God took something that looked normal and made it extravagant. A lot of them thought he was out of his mind, but thank you, Lord, for allowing me to open my eyes and realize that just like the snake that Moses put up on the, on the pole, I can look at Jesus and know I'm saved. I can look towards Jesus and know that I'm saved. I'm thankful that I have a true living God. Praise God, my Savior's tomb's empty. Amen? Praise God, he's risen. Praise God, I believe in him. He's not. It, 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 the Bible says, whosoever believes. Not the rich, not the righteous, not the perfect, not the ones that, that, that have that look down their nose. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Not them kind of people. God said, whosoever, the drunk, the alcoholic, the addict, the dopehead, the one that's sitting in a cell right now. The one that's made all the mistakes that can be made. The murderer. The thief. God loves them all. But most of all, he loves the sinner. Period. Jesus said God loves us so much that he made a way that we all, if we believe in him, can live forever. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you tonight that he is real. He is real. He has given us an opportunity to reside with him in eternity forever. He has given us an opportunity to sit with him in glory forever. He, is, he has given us the key to the front door. He, 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 he's given us the, 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 he's given us the key to the garage, the front door, the back door, the cellar, that he's given us the key to all access. 
We have an all-access pass to enjoy heaven with the Father. And that pass, that key, that whatever you want to call it, is Jesus Christ. And he done this because he loves us. As I was saying in the beginning of this, there's a lot of people out there that believe they don't have purpose. There's a lot of people out there that feel unloved. There's some that may be thinking bad thoughts about what they want to do with their lives. I've been there. If you're thinking that tonight, I promise you, it ain't just me. There's more people in here. We've been there. Praise God for giving us a church family that's so diverse. There are a lot of people that, that, that have those bad thoughts. Some may feel like there's no means to an end and that nobody cares about you, but I'm here to tell you tonight that God loved the world so much that he took his own son, he took Jesus the Messiah, he took Jesus, he allowed him to die a sacrificial death on a cross. God loves you so much that he gave you a way. He gave you an escape plan. He gave you a jailbreak. I've been waiting to say that the whole time. I can't lie. He gave you an escape from the bondage of sin. So we can all sit back tonight, and I know I need to hurry. We can all sit back tonight and think to ourselves, wow, we must be special because we are. God allows us to be special. Think about what kind of love that is. Think about what kind of love it takes for a man to, to, to willingly, because we all in here tonight know that Jesus at any time could have been like, uh -uh, I ain't doing this. He willingly got up on that cross and died for us. So I just want to end the night by saying, if you feel like you ain't got a purpose, if you feel like nobody loves you, there's proof that there is love and God is love and you have a purpose for your life. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Every time, God, that you allow me to speak your word, Lord God, it's just something, God, that touches me, Lord. The fact that you let me do these things, God, I praise your name, God. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that if there's anybody here tonight, God, that has that thought in their mind, Lord, that has that thought of, I'm not loved. Nobody cares about me. God, I pray tonight that you touch their heart. God, I pray tonight that you would just speak to them, God. Let them know, Lord, that you do love them. Let them know, God, that there is a way, Lord. Let them know that there is a seat at the table for them, God. God, you said in your word that you love the entire world. You didn't have any specifics, Lord God, and we thank you for that. Lord, I just pray tonight, God, that you touch somebody. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for everything you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen.